This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now for a regional roundup. I'm Elliot Danker together with Bharati Jagdish with you. Um, let's start off with Malaysia. They just had the first sitting of their fourth session of the 14th parliament uh, and that happened on Monday. There were three former prime ministers there. Uh, Pago MP Bohidin Yassin, Pekan MP Najib Razak as mm. well as Lengkawi MP Mahathir Mohamad. Three former prime ministers all in one fora. Whew. It probably was pretty awkward. Sounds like Chinese New Year in some parts. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should draw that parallel, but okay. Uh, the first parliament under the new premier, Ismail Sabri Yaakob, actually saw the government sign a deal by lawmakers. Mm, yes. uh, they agreed not to dissolve parliament before the end of July next year. Uh, the move is actually seen to be aimed at maintaining political stability in a Malaysia that has seen two governments collapse since the 2018 election defeat of AMNO after more than six decades at the helm. Uh, Meanwhile, in the Philippines, uh, the capital region will exit wide-scale coronavirus restrictions from tomorrow, Thursday. The government is launching a pilot test of localized lockdowns. Now, if this is successful, then the same formula could be applied across the Philippines, which is battling one of Asia's worst coronavirus outbreaks. And of course, another development on the travel front. If you're thinking of scratching that itch, Mm. but maybe Germany is too far, uh, your first post-COVID holiday could actually be Bali. But there is a catch. Why are we not surprised? Uh, Tourist spots in most parts of the island will now accept visitors as long as they adhere to strict protocols, such as proving their vaccination status on a government-verified phone app. Completely understandable. Mm -hmm. International National visitors, though, will face even stricter conditions. And to talk us through all of this is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Bharti. Good morning, Elliot. Perhaps we could start uh, with Malaysia. Malaysia's 14th parliament, this new bipartisan deal is a historic one uh, that signed between the two, between the government and the Pakatan Harapan opposition bloc means that Malaysia will not go to the polls for at least another year. Hopefully this is possible. Uh, Perhaps you could walk us through this memorandum of understanding for transformation and political stability. Realistic? Is it? And what's in this deal that incentivizes PH to actually keep its end of the bargain, Leslie? Well, you know, I think this is a memorandum of understanding, and it's certainly by no means an agreement. So there's no, there are no contractual obligations here. What's happened is basically two both sides have decided that they will hold hostilities for a while and see whether the government, the new Ismail Sabri government, will actually meet these conditions that have been set out you know and these are these are some very very stiff conditions and you know this is where i think uh, we're going to see some problems here because ismail sabri has signed it he uh, we all know that he's got a very very slim majority in parliament he needs this this agreement to stay in power you know he took over from muhyiddin yassin who is clearly the Prime Minister who had the shortest term in in Malaysia, and I think Ismail Sabri would like to would like to surpass that record. And he's throwing everything at the opposition to try and you know stay in power. And but you know this 
this transactional politics, I don't think is going to go very far, actually. So we can expect a lot of more bumps down the road uh, in Malaysia for this. Hmm. Sounds like things are getting a little bit more complicated. Um, there are terms of agreement that's been reported by Malaysia Kinney. Uh, PH said it would back or abstain during budget and supply votes in Parliament. Uh, the catch is only if Budget 22 and other supply bills are first negotiated by both sides. How, how does this work? Can, can it be done? What could potentially go wrong here? Well, you know, the thing is that... It, it also depends on what is in the budget. You know, the, the PH has been very, very clear. The opposition coalition has been very clear that, you know, they want to be uh, consulted about the budget, and they will uh, only, with that condition, they will support it or abstain, which is which is under you know this this memorandum of understanding. I think we have to be very clear that this is not a confidence and supply agreement, which is very very specific in the Westminster parliamentary style. This is a memorandum of understanding and a lot of things can go wrong. And, you know, it is not just the PH must must actually adhere to these conditions. I mean, I mean uh, Ismail Sabri can face a setback if even if his own UMNO party decides that this is not what they want mm. because this agreement was signed by uh, Ismail Sabri representing the government and right. this is not something that was done by the party. So there's so many permutations, so many uncertainties, and I'm really not convinced that this thing is going to hold. You know, the only thing I think that I think we need to point out here why it's historic here is because never before in my years of reporting have we seen a ruling coalition, a ruling government, actually embrace the agenda of the opposition and so that, that I think is historic in many ways. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. And since it's unprecedented, it's really difficult to say how well it will go, right? Uh, the consistency exactly. factors and all that. Sure. Um, one also can't help but notice Najib Razak, Leslie. Uh, he's reportedly been offered a role advising the government on the economy. And this is in spite of pending graft allegations linked to 1MDB, of course. Uh, Bloomberg actually ran a report in 2018 on Najib Razak, uh, calling him a political survivor. And this might be evidence of his political survivorship, right? <laughs> uh, what impact will Najib Razak's presence actually have? And how have, are people responding to it, really? Well, you know, I think we heard there was a lot of talk last week that uh, Najib would be given some kind of position. And I think it needs to be taken in the backdrop of Ismail Sabri trying to gain as much support as possible. Najib is a warlord, and like you pointed out, a survivor, a warlord. But uh, that talk of him getting an advisory position has somewhat become muted, actually, in recent days, following this MOU that's been signed with the opposition. Because I don't think the opposition is going to take too kindly to someone like Najib, who's already been convicted, fighting his appeals in court, trying to uh, getting a position in government. So that's going to be that's going to be something that, you know, it's it's going to be a hard sell for Ismail Sabri at this point. Uh, it was floated, but like I said, again, 
that talk has lost a bit of currency in recent days. We're on the line this morning with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, let's head over to the Philippines. A couple of issues worth looking at. The capital Manila and surrounding regions set to reopen. They've got this new system in place instead of broad sweeping curbs. But at the same time, we see cases rising in Metro Manila. Uh, how will all this play out where this pilot program is concerned? Well, you know, I think everyone is trying new approaches. And it is very clear in Southeast Asia, Manila and Philippines not together, all of these places really need to get the economies going. So all countries, all governments are trying new approaches. And like in the Philippines, it's, this, it's so-called granular kind of uh, lockdowns mm. where, where they try to, each locality is going to come up with their own kind of curbs Mm-hmm. to try and spread the the COVID-19. Right, right. So, I mean, everything is going to become, everything is, I think, uh, fluid at this point. And a lot of these localities, a lot of these local governments are going to start implementing new rules to make sure that really the economy can get going at the same time, try to keep people safe. So, you know, the kind of measures that are going to be implemented are going to be very, very ad hoc. I don't think we can, you know, we can even venture to to guess what these guys are going to do. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, all localities will have their own ways of dealing with it. You know, and, you know, we're talking about very, very uh, crowded, very, very dense uh, localities here, especially in Metro Manila, you know, where just very, it's almost impossible, actually. Mm, it, and a decentralized approach could work or it actually could totally and absolutely fail. A complex fail, situation exactly. indeed. Yeah. Precisely. Uh, elsewhere in Southeast Asia, Leslie, Bali, uh, where they have eased travel restrictions to the island. And it sounds like good news, but it's also not so good news, isn't it, for those who want to go. We mentioned the stricter rules for international travellers earlier. Uh, Tell us more about these conditions and uh, how they're going down. Well, you know, the thing is that everyone, I think, you know, would would really, given how all of us have been locked down, but getting to an airport is going to be something of a, you know, something that's going to be kind of new, actually, after a long time. So in, I think Bali is trying to do what uh, Thailand is trying to do. They're trying to hope, they're trying to make sure that, you know, we can get, everyone can, you know, get there. They want the tourism uh, sector to start getting on again. But, you know, this all of this is going to be really very difficult and it's going to be touch and go. I really don't know at this point in time, we really need to see how these things pan out. Rules can be implemented, but things are going to change. Things are really going to change in Bali, depending on how the what we're having now. The pandemic actually plays out. Mm, uh, mm, very fluid. Nothing. Nothing really is. Nothing really is is fixed here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know, man. Uh, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for the Straits Times, speaking with us this morning. Leslie, as always, we appreciate your time. You take care and stay safe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.